0: Hello and welcome to the week one NFL power rankings debate. It is Matt Brown. It is Steven Andrus. We are here from the lines and play picks and you can follow us over on the Twitter. It is absolutely free. Steven Andrus one Matt Brown M2. This is one of the things we're going to be doing, Steven, over the course of the season. We're expanding our podcast lineup for the NFL. And one of the things we're going to look at every single Wednesday is how these power rankings have changed over the course of Of the season and now I understand It's a little bit more of an advanced Tool to use power rankings from a Betting perspective there's a lot that goes Into all that and kind of understanding how To use them and help helping You with your bets that said It's a pretty good guide as to where People who are betting every single Week because our panel is made up of people Who live and breathe the NFL Who are going to be placing bets on a Weekly basis throughout the course of the season To give you a snapshot Of kind of what we think as is the landscape of the NFL that particular week. Now this thing is going to move from week to week and that is what this podcast will be all about. Which teams do we see that are moving up in the rankings? Which teams do we see that are moving down in the rankings? And why are these teams moving up and moving down? And what does that mean to the better out there? And that's what we're going to try to do with these Wednesday podcasts.
1: Yeah, power rankings mean different things to different people. For us, this is not who we think is going to win the Super Bowl and all the way down to the bottom who we think is going to have the number one pick, although there might be some correlations there along the way. This is literally a snapshot in time here at this present moment how we see these NFL teams. So
0: let's start at the, yes, the bottom. I'm not going to start at the top because, hey, We already know we already know these teams are terrible at the bottom and it doesn't really affect the way that you're going to be betting these teams. Of course, dead last, the Houston Texans right above them, the Detroit Lions, the Jets in at 30th, the Bengals in at 29th, the Jags in at 28th, Eagles at 27th. Falcons at 26th and the Panthers at 25. Um, as we kind of look at this bottom, you know, this bottom seven here, Stephen, nothing really stands out to me. I don't think this is the exact order that I had these teams in, but they're all in this bottom half. Definitely, if you've listened to any of our preseason pods, you know what I think of the Houston Texans. I think they're going to be the worst team in the league by a long shot. So them being down there absolutely makes sense to me. Lions, Jets, Bengals, Jags. Uh, Eagles, Falcons and Panthers. I will say this. I think that the of all of these teams, I am most interested in the Jets as to where they move throughout the course of the season, being down at 30th right now. I do think that offense has a potential to put some points on the board. And if they can get anything at all out of their defense, I think that they might be able to steal a couple of wins over the course of the season. But until we see it and until we see it in live action, they kind of still have to be down here at the bottom.
1: Yeah, I think their secondary is going to get picked on week one by Carolina. So I actually think there's, they're not going to see much upward mobility here, at least in the first week of the season. Uh, but what's interesting to me down here, Matt, is – you and I differ pretty significantly here on the Jacksonville Jaguars. You started them at 30th. I have them all the way up at 26. And just so everybody knows, our the rankings that Matt is letting you know off the top here are our composite rankings, uh, basically the average of all of our staff at thelines.com. So at least in terms of our individual votes here, Matt, you have the Jags at thirty. I have them at 26. I just think there's other teams that that are have less optimism than the Jaguars this year. I think Trevor Lawrence is... I don't think you can discount how big of an upgrade that is for this team. I like the fact that they have all five offensive linemen back for a third year. And I don't think you can really grade truly how good that unit is based on the absolute abomination of quarterback play that they had a year ago. This to me could very much be a situation like when Andrew Luck joined the Indianapolis Colts and you had a team go from two wins to making the playoffs. And uh, I know there's, there's some people out there in the sports betting world that got on the Jaguars early on when they are double digits, Plus 1,100, 11 to 1, 12 to 1 to win the division. That's gotten all the way down to 5 to 1 now with the Colts struggles. So, um, you know. why do you have them still down at 30th here to start the year as opposed to to me having them all the way up at 26? Yeah I mean look if I was grading on
0: potential I would probably have them a little bit higher but I'm just grading on what I see in front of my face today right and so with that you do have a rookie quarterback a rookie head coach you lost one of your first round picks already in the season in ATN out for the year this defense is still got a long way to go this offensive line looked atrocious even if they are experienced looked atrocious in the preseason now it is the preseason. They have a chance to make a step forward. But um, I think that there are just a lot of question marks surrounding this team as we enter. And a lot of those are going to be answered in week one as the Jacksonville Jaguars take on the Houston Texans. So two of the bottom teams in just about everybody's rankings uh, as three three point to two and a half, two and a half to three point favorites in that game against the Houston Texans. So we'll find out a lot in week one. And they might be one of the bigger movers, actually, over the course of week one to week two, because I just need. I think a lot of people need to see this in action, see this on the field and actually see this come to fruition. Uh, I have pretty I actually like the way that this organization is moving. But again, we're ranking on what we think this week right in
1: front of our face. So let's go back to the top here. And and you and I agree on the one and two teams, but we disagree on, on who's that next best team here that we think could contend best with the Kansas City Chiefs and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, so give us the top five composite and then uh, I'll let you know. I'll let the people know where you have your number three team and who my number three team is. Yeah. Chiefs, Bucks, Bills, Rams, Ravens are the top five in our uh
0: in our consensus rankings here. Um, That is the very, very biggest for me. Uh, big, biggest difference would be the Ravens at five. Um, what
1: are you seeing from your sheet over there? So. You have the Buffalo Bills as your number three team. And, you know, I, I've I've debated that. I love Josh Allen. I love Brian Dable. But I, I feel like I may have gone more with an overall roster look here. I have the Cleveland Browns as my third best team entering the season. I just I love what Andrew Barry has done in that front office to take the spots that they had some weaknesses and really find some quality players to upgrade those positions both at safety and at cornerback. They bolstered the defensive front with Clowney opposite of Miles Garrett. And they already had one of the best offensive lines in the entire NFL and now gets to face the second best, uh, second best schedule of rushing defenses this season. So, um, and you've said it a few times this offseason. season. You know, it's almost like OBJ is an afterthought on this team. But there's nothing but positive things when you have him back into the lineup, in my opinion. So, um, I think the Bills, you know, Josh Allen might just be too talented to for the rest of their flaws on their roster to matter. And obviously, Josh Allen is. At this point, a heck of a lot more talented than Baker Mayfield. But I just think that Browns roster top to bottom. And, you know, if you go with their 22 starters in general, I like their roster and their depth better than I do the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. And I
0: mean, let's not, it's, we're not way off script here. You have the bills at four. So let's not like, we're, we're not like saying like this is like a massive difference or anything. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I have the, and I have the, you know, and I'm sitting here with the Browns at five. So, I mean, I'm super high on the Browns as well as you are. I just think this bills team, we've seen it from them already. And so, you know, and again, if this neutral field, if these two teams were to play today, I think the Bills would be, you know, the Bills would be a favorite. I mean, there's no doubt the Bills would be a favorite. The Bills are, the Browns are heading into this game against the Chiefs this week as six, six and a half point dogs. I mean, it is on the road, but you can imagine, okay, extrapolate that out to them being three, three and a half, four point dogs if this were on a neutral field. So the same would be in this Bills situation. They would be two point dogs, something like that, point and a half, two point dogs, or whatever, to the Bills. And so, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not I'm not too far off where we are on on all this. The biggest one for me, and I still have them ranked fairly high, but I think the team that'll be on the biggest move for me throughout the course of the season is the Baltimore Ravens. They're at five here. I had them at seven. I'm the lowest of the bunch on them. Actually, you and I both are, are sitting there at seven on this uh on this Ravens team. I wanted to go even lower. I just couldn't do it in good faith in the spirit of how we're ranking these teams, but Uh, On a week-to-week basis, I think I can see this team kind of plummeting here. They're already, the backfield is already a mess. Dobbins out, Justice Hill out. They're going to have to go with Gus Edwards. They got Tyson Williams. They go out and sign Le'Veon Bell yesterday um, off the street at basically at age 30. So if that lets you know the situation of the backfield right there for the Ravens. And then on top of that, man, look, they didn't do all that much to improve this team and their biggest weakness, which was in the passing game. Yes. They went out and drafted Rashad Bateman, but he's going to start the season on IR uh, IL, I guess it is now. And, and then you go out and, um, And then you go out and you look and Sammy Watkins was your big splash in the offseason for getting a receiver in there for this Baltimore Ravens team. I mean, if this team gets if this team gets ahead, we've talked about this, they'll play bully ball and they most likely are going to win the game. But if they get behind, they still do not have the weapons and still do not have what they need to come back in games against teams whenever they fall behind. And so I think this Ravens team is pretty. Pretty vulnerable throughout the course of the season, and let us not forget, not enough, in my opinion, is being made of the fact that they had to rally last year to make it into the playoffs in the first place. Oh, and not not only did they have to rally last year to make it into the playoffs, they had to rally against bottom feeder teams to get in as well. If you look at the if you look at the end of the schedule for this team. Four of those five wins to end the season came against Dallas, Jacksonville, the Giants and Cincinnati like that is four of the very worst teams in all the NFL by the time we get to week 13 through 17. So um, for me, I think this team has a lot of room to fall um, if they play to kind of how I think that they're going to play.
1: Yeah, I I almost put a couple NFC West teams ahead of them in the Seattle Seahawks and the San Francisco 49ers. I decided not to for now, uh just based on on the way the Ravens have looked in previous years and and bringing back a lot of what has gotten them to that point. But I agree with you. I don't see much improvement from what they've had over the past couple of years and you know for the way they emphasize the wide receiver position this offseason, it has not gone well. I mean, Hollywood Brown missed the entirety of training camp. He says he's 100% now, but you know who knows if it, he's been hit or miss. Uh, he got hot with some touchdowns towards the end of last year, but he hasn't been a a, a dependable week to week player for that passing attack. So and
0: and 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 hamstring injuries for wide receivers, by the way, are like they pop up, and we yep. look look what happened to Julio Jones last year. He just could not ever World get over every year. Yeah, that hamstring injury, and so like yeah, he might say he's fine, but is he really? You know, I mean, so there's there's a lot to wonder with with this team. Uh, Six through 10 is Packers, Browns, Niners, Titans, Seahawks. We've already talked about the Browns and how we think about this team. The Packers get back... Aaron Rodgers. I mean, listen, as long as they have Aaron Rodgers, it's very hard to downgrade that team unless we see him kind of fall off of a cliff. I don't think that that's going to be the case, at least this season. Niners in at eight might be one of the more volatile teams, I think, in the top 10. The Titans at nine Seahawks at 10. Actually, I think the Niners and the Seahawks, two of the most vulnerable teams there in the top 10, just depending on how everything shakes out right i mean this roster for the seahawks if you actually look at the roster on paper outside of the skill position players at quarterback and wide receiver it's actually not all that talented it is not a very good roster for the seahawks team and we've just seen russell wilson put on the cape and go and, and and lead these teams to to victories time and time again but I don't know if that's going to be the case this year. It might be the, it might be when things finally catch up to these teams. And of course, we know with the 49ers, it's it's Garoppolo just kind of being a placeholder until Trey Lance takes over.
1: They're going to need to let Russ Cook, I think this year, right? I mean, they looked fantastic in the first half of last year. They kind of just Took turned off the afterburners in the second half of the year. Part of that was some some nicked-up players. Tyler Tyler Lockett was nicked up second half of last year. So, But they brought in Shane Waldron, this new offensive coordinator. I do think that they're going to be a little more pass-heavy than Pete Carroll is typically comfortable with, and I think they might need to be that with the state of their defense at this point, playing in a division with some offenses that are really efficient, Um, so I, I could see the Seahawks moving down in future years here. The Tennessee Titans were a tough, were a tough rank for me. Right. Because you know me, I love, I love Ryan Tannehill. You got the 2000 Mm. yard rusher and Derrick Henry, You add Julio Jones to AJ Brown, but that defense man does not look promising. It just doesn't. And I had a hard time getting past that. Um, I had them lower than consensus, a spot lower. We have them ninth. Uh, in our in our consensus rankings, I have them 10th. So I, I I have a hard time diagnosing a team with that much offensive upside, but also that much defensive downside.
0: Yeah, I mean, they did bring in Bud Dupree. They brought in Danico Autry. It should be a better defense, but um, I'm with you. There's there's definitely some question marks. With that team, Uh, eleven through fifteen are Patriots, Saints, Cowboys, Chargers, Colts. This uh, features two of the teams that I am more down on than than the than basically the consensus out there. Uh, way, way down on the Saints, way down on the Colts. Um, These are teams that I am just not very high on this year. I don't like the quarterbacking situation in Indianapolis. I've never been a Carson Wentz fan, and we have such a small sample size of him being good and such a bigger sample size of him being bad, and I uh, I just don't think that this Colts team is going to do very much this year. And then the Saints, listen, I think that there is a bigger downgrade from from Drew Brees to Jameis Winston, that people are giving credit for here, there is something that comes along with playing quarterback in the NFL for 15 years and understanding how everything works and being able to read defenses. And yeah, his arm was nothing like what it was at the end whenever he you know was was in his prime. But but Drew Brees still knew how to run an offense. He still knew how to go out there and win games. They lost Trey Hendrickson. They lost Janoris Jenkins. This is a this is also a team that is going to have to re- rely on. Marquez, William. I mean, like they're, they're all these teams. I mean, all these wide receivers that we've never heard of because Michael Thomas is out on the IR to start the season. So there's just a lot to, of question marks around
1: the Saints team as well. I 12 feels too high for me on them. You have the Patriots at 11th in your power rankings ahead of teams like the the Los Angeles Chargers and I listen I have the Patriots high too when they named Mac Jones a starter I actually moved them ahead of the Indianapolis Colts. Um, I like all of the defensive additions they made there in addition to all the, the crazy amount of money they spent on offense to add some weapons there but I, I have a hard time getting to 11th on the Patriots so tell me tell me why you are so high on New England. Uh, especially over a team like the Chargers, who has that high upside quarterback situation.
0: Mainly because of this roster for the Patriots. I mean, this this roster is really, really good. It's probably the most optimal situation for a rookie quarterback to step into in quite a long time. I mean, not only did they invest so heavily in free agency, the one of the things we forget, not uh, one of the things they were good is we're getting a whole we're getting a handful of players back who opted out for this team as well. So not only did they add in free agency, but they also are just adding by guys coming back who didn't play last season as well. And so this is a a really, really good all around balanced roster. And I think the situation whenever you step in a rookie quarterback with what they have on the offensive line, how they beefed up the um, the way they're going to play. I mean, they're going to run a ton of two tight end sets. If you're a rookie quarterback, you know, what does that do for you it gives you safety blankets it should make things a little bit easier and then again I also look in just the division they play in outside of you know again outside of of, of the bills I mean this is this is a division that is, is ripe for the picking for for these guys and so for me I uh, really really think that this is a prime situation for this Patriots team to have a really good bounce back year this year it wouldn't surprise
1: me if they're contending for a playoff spot what's interesting is um where we have them with the team they're playing week one, hosting the Miami Dolphins. I actually have the Dolphins one spot ahead of the Patriots, but I have bet on the Patriots minus two and a half week one. Uh, You have the Patriots significantly higher than the Dolphins, uh, do you like that number? And and we'll we'll break down every single matchup in our weekly Thursday podcast throughout the NFL season. But just a little teaser here on this matchup, given where we have them in the rankings. Yeah, I mean, it certainly has uh, it has piqued my interest. I'll put it that
0: way. Um, it'll certainly probably be a contest play for me regardless. And then it'll uh, it might make the betting card As well so we'll 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 talk through as you mentioned the uh, the Thursday Megapod where we run through you I Brad Allen sometimes we'll be joined by a fourth as well running through all of the games each and every week 16 through 20 Arizona Cardinals Washington football team Minnesota Vikings Miami Dolphins and Pittsburgh Steelers Um, no nothing here really stands out to me. I think all these middling teams we will be juggling these teams all season long because week in and week out what these teams can and can't do are going to really change our opinions on all of them. I mean, is this offense for Washington going to be any good with Ryan Fitzpatrick? Big question mark. There is Kyler Murray going to get back to the Kyler Murray. We saw at the first half of last season before the shoulder injury or is, uh you know, or was that more of an aberration with him? What is this Vikings secondary going to look like where they bring in a Patrick Peterson and try to revamp that type of deal? I mean, is, is, is uh, Justin Jefferson going to even look even better here in year two? The Dolphins, Tua—they give him some weapons. Finally, is uh, was last year just really the lack of weapons, or is Tua not? Any, I mean, so I think that there's just so many questions about these middling teams. Where it wouldn't surprise me if if none of these teams are in the spot that they're in, like from a week to week basis all season long. I, like if if there's just constant shuffling amongst these this middle area
1: right here. This is the biggest issue I had with the rankings the rest of our staff put together here. This is the biggest argument I would make that they have the Dallas Cowboys ahead of the Washington football team. And I know that Dak Prescott was hurt last year, and I know they are loaded with weapons at running back and wide receiver. But, I mean, you cannot be on more opposite ends of the defensive spectrum with what Washington has and what the Dallas Cowboys have. And Washington, albeit with an under 500 record last year, won that division with some atrocious quarterback play and really just ridiculously conservative quarterback play with the repaired leg of Alex Smith out there for a handful of games. So I think Ryan Fitzpatrick really increases the offensive ceiling for them with the weapons they already have there and the defense that they have. I mean, this is... Nobody would be surprised if this is a top three defense this season. So I take issue with starting this season with having I know the odds in the futures market has it that way, but that's just because the Cowboys take money, right? They're a very popular team nationally, they're a huge brand, but I I can't get there to start the year by saying the Cowboys are better than what Washington has right now.
0: Yeah, it's kind of a coin flip for me because the as good as the as good as the Washington defense is going to be I have a, I have serious question marks about the offensive side of the ball and I we know for sure that the Dallas offense is going to be good we
1: know that their defense is probably going to be poor um it's it, they're what's gonna be a question mark what's the question mark on is it Fitzpatrick or is it something else?
0: Well, I mean, we 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 have no idea what this offense is going to be. I mean, Fitzpatrick is a 38 year old quarterback stepping into a completely new team system. Everything that's going on right there. I mean, like we've seen we've seen this not work more times than we've seen this actually work before. And so. There's just, you know, Curtis Samuel was hurt basically all preseason. He says he's good to go now. But again, these guys that came in that are new don't have any work with the team. There's just a lot of question marks for me on the offensive side of the ball. So it'll it'll be interesting.
1: I love Antonio Gibson. I think he's a future superstar at the running back position. I think Terry McLaurin is a top three route runner in this league and constantly gets open, even against great coverage. Um, I think Logan Thomas is a mismatch problem and is always on the field. They don't ask him uh, to to do, he's a huge contributor in the passing game as well. Even if these other offensive signings and Curtis Samuel doesn't work out, I think they have enough weapons there when you combine it with their defense. So I think when these two teams play each other, we're going to be on different sides and it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Our final little, uh, little tier of teams
0: here, starting at number 20, the Steelers, Broncos at 21, Bears at 22, Raiders at 23, and then the Giants at 20. Four Um, of these teams right here, uh, as opposed to trying to break down these teams again, if they're if they're ranked this low in our rankings, then we think that they're they're not one of the kind of elite teams in the league. Which one of these teams would you say, though? Could you see yourself uh, moving up and moving up rapidly? Is there a team in this in this tier right here that you could say, okay, maybe I feel like I felt weird ranking them this low and maybe I was way too low on them. I could see them being way, way higher as soon as, you know, two weeks from now.
1: I have a bet on the Carolina Panthers close to five to one to finish second in that division. I'm just a big believer in Matt Rule and Joe Brady. And I think Sam Darnold being free of the purgatory that is Adam Gase, or frankly, it might be just a hellhole. Uh, I I like the upside that that team has with the offensive weapons that they've put together as well. And I, I love the draft pick of Terrace Marshall. I have a big slot receiver to go with Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore. Um, So I like the upward mobility potential there of the Carolina Panthers. And they're 25, by the way, just to let everyone everyone know. So they're sitting at 25. Other than that, I mean, uh, there's been some trendy Nick Sirianni 40 to one picks for possible coach of the year. I do like the top end of the Eagles roster, Matt, but their depth is awesome. Horrendous. So if they have any type of injuries like they've had in the past couple of years, they're going to be really bad. But if they somehow stay healthy, I do think the top end of that roster is good enough to be competitive. Eagles sitting at twenty seven. Uh, for
0: me, I think it'd be the Broncos at twenty one because the the defense is going to be good. Like the defense is going to at least keep them in games all year long. And if Teddy Two Gloves can get anything going with that all star wide receiver core that he's got, um, and, and playmakers really at 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 the tight end position and at the running back position. I think Denver could be a tough out. I think they could be a hard out for a lot of people out there. And so uh, that's the only one for now. They have to be down where they're at. I just think that that team at least has a chance to move up and move up pretty rapidly. To recap here, it's Chiefs at one, Bucks at two, Bills at three, Rams at four, Ravens at five, Packers six, Browns seven, Niners eight, Titans nine, Seahawks ten. When we get into the second ten ten here, we have the Pats at 11, Saints at 12, Cowboys at 13, Chargers 14, Colts 15, Cardinals 16, Washington football team 17, Vikings 18, Dolphins 19, Steelers 20. When we get into the bottom 12 here, Broncos 21, Bears 22, Raiders 23, Giants 24, Panthers 25, Falcons 26, Eagles 27, Jags, 28 Bengals, 29 Jets, 30 and then of course, 31 and 32, which will likely stay the same over the course of the entire season. The Detroit Lions at 31 and the Houston Texans. At 32. Guys, on a week to week basis, this will be a much shorter podcast. We will be more looking at the big changes throughout the week, why those happened, analyzing why we think that the changes are happening within the rankings and also what that means from a betting perspective. Are these teams now bet on teams? Or if these some of these teams are falling out of the, you know, falling off the face of the planet. Are these teams to bet against, whatever it might be, and try to make heads or tails of all of this and help you kind of get a better idea of what these teams look like throughout the course. Of the season Stephen and team over there at the lines are really putting in some hard work and getting all of these things updated constantly and also tracking line changes and everything throughout the course of the season as well and again every single thursday we're going to run through every game at least three of us on the pod maybe four of us on the pod sometimes giving you our favorite picks the games that we have no interest in whatsoever and games that are just at least intriguing to us that we want to talk through even if we don't have a bet on as of thursday so be sure and check in on that each game broken out into a video over on the youtube page as well for steven I'm Matt. Talk to you guys tomorrow.